That's what we do, Barry. I have no idea what he's doing. Yeah. That's why. Well, it looks like we're live, Barry. You know, surprising because we just finished up the job four minutes ago. We're actually on time. <laughs> Whoa. Where are you? You guys up for some softball? We got one. We got one on there, Barry, and I can't tell from the icon. Reagan's first. Woo! Not only is she first, Barry, she's like what, like five seconds or something. Wow. She's waiting. She's just waiting. Man. I can't tell from the other icons. Marty Wexler's there? What's up, Marty? Connie's there. Connie. Wow. What's up, Marty and Connie and Reagan? Hey, Marty, we just finished up Gary Groat's job. It went great. Great job. They're tickled. We're tickled. Hey, Sully, what's up, buddy? Um, I hope we can have your lunch with Keith. It was my goal to be first. Hey, man. Hey, John Sherwood, you got my uh, polo? Did I? We sent John a polo, didn't we? Yeah. Okay, I thought we did. Down there in Florida. Wherever. Yeah, down there in Florida, making everybody feel bad because we're not in Florida. <laughs> so we're over here, Barry, off of uh, what, what road is that over there? Tom Zupon. There he is, our old Woo! buddy, Barry. Tom, Down in Florida. He's probably hanging out with John Sherwood, who was down there. Yeah. Wow. Lisa and I are both here, and, and hey, look up our buddy Tom. He's down there. Sully's in the house. There's a water park over there. Hi, Brett Creech. How are you, brother? Check this out. Who's going to be there? Everybody going to be there? <laughs> you think my Corolla will be done, Barry, with the rebuilt I engine? I doubt it. You know, it's a classic, you know. <laughs> okay. We're going to go 7, Barry, but you know I'm getting really hungry. I normally like to wait till 10. We're at eight, but I might just go ahead and start. How do you feel about that? Because I'm starving. We're at nine. Well, wait, maybe I'll give one more centon. You know where centon came from? No. On uh, Tom, we're throwing that birthday party for you out there. Come on up. It's Tom Zupon's birthday, Barry, May second. So we're we're showing that we're having a big car and truck show for you, Tom. So let me get into this thing. Bring the Bentley, Tom. Uh, years ago. We had a buddy, uh, Rick, uh, from Madison Racing. He was a good friend of ours, and he's won the Baja 500. Uh, it's, a, it's a motorcycle race in, uh, I guess, Baja, Mexico or something, Barry. And he's run the Baja 1000. I mean, this guy is a gifted motorcycle racer. And uh, he said, hey, Randy, uh, why don't you do me a, a favor, do yourself a favor, come out with me to my farm, and we'll ride on the farm on these motocross Thanks. I'm thinking, okay, okay, we'll do that. So we get to this farm, and I don't know what what it was, 100 acres, 200 acres, whatever it was. It was a really cool deal, and he had a motocross uh, thing set up through the woods, right? And he said, before you start, I'm going to tell you uh, what you need to do to be successful on this thing. I'm not trying to micromanage your riding. I'm not trying to lord this over you, but I want to, hey, Danny, but I'm just going to share with you uh, the best way to enjoy your day. Okay, okay, okay. And I'm already thinking in my mind, just that's great. Shut up, I gotta go. Let's let me ride this thing. I'm I know. Anyway, they said if you watch the orange tape that I put all over the trails and you keep your eye on that tape, you'll never get off track. But watch yourself because if you take your eye off that orange tape out there on those trails, you could get so far off it'll take forever to get you back. Right? So I'm 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 out there, okay, whatever, 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 man. So I get out there. And I'm riding this like quad run of those four wheeler deals. Oh, and man, I get out there and I, I see the first yellow orange thing and I'm having a blast. And next thing you know, I'm kind of blown away by the scenery, right? And I'm getting, I'm, oh, yeah. And I see an orange one and I realize I'm off track and I just kept going. I didn't stop and turn around and go back to the orange track. I just kept on going. 
And then I was, uh, I came to a point and I was like, oh my gosh, Where I'm lost. I? Where am I? <laughs> I didn't see any orange anywhere. See and then I, I, I kind of yelled, hey, Rick. <laughs> and I could barely hear in the, in the distance, where are you? What are you doing? And I was like, I couldn't hear. And then I had to drive a little further. But it took me probably 30 minutes to make it back to where I got off track. And I, I couldn't believe how easy it was to get off track just by simply taking my eye off of those orange little ribbons that were put there by Rick, who knew this area a lot better than me. You know, God brings people into your life, uh, into your path, seasoned veterans and, and people that have been doing it a while, not to run your life or try to, uh, you know, lord it over you or try to act like big shots, like they have it all figured out. But God brings people and situations into your life to help you and to guide you. All through the book of Hebrews, I love it. Is it the 11th chapter or 12th chapter, the Hall of Fame? Hall of Fame, yeah, 11. That uh, chapter 11 of Hebrews, just I think it's 11 or 12. But anyway, it has record of all of the saints that have gone before us and the things that they've gone through um, in their walk and their journey with the Lord. And, and I think when it's... Uh, I see people that are successful in their walk and having a good time in the walk. And I wonder how in the world are they having so much fun and others uh, aren't. They're not enjoying the Lord. They're not enjoying their walk. They feel lost at times, kind of like I did when I was out there um, riding that motorcycle thing. And I just took my eye off the prize just for a minute. And I found myself not, I wasn't having fun. I can tell you that, Barry, because I was actually panicked because I was a little bit lost. And I knew eventually... But here's the thing. When I finally made it back up to the road, it was Rick's son, Cameron, who was about eight or 10 years old at the time. And I'm thinking, here I was, 40-some years old, taking direction from a 12-year-old or whatever it was. <laughs> but here's the kicker. He knew more. Hey, Teresa. He knew more because he'd been doing it long. It didn't matter the youth. And there's a scripture in Second, I think, First Timothy or Second Timothy is, do not despise, don't let others despise your youth. Just because you're young doesn't mean you can't be a light under the path of somebody that's been uh, maybe not doing it as long or maybe find themselves lost. But I started thinking about it. Uh, if you go back to Acts chapter 2, and I think it's appropriate because, you know, this is the period after Jesus had been uh, crucified, and now he's just about to go back to the Father, and he's still um, with us. And then he's going to be ascended, go back to the Father, and the gift of the Holy Spirit is going to come when he goes up to the Father. And it's going to be inside of every believer from here until Jesus comes back, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I think in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through about 46, let me just say in our walk, I think of that sometimes as those orange ribbons. Those orange things that, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, God left us in this word to help us stay on track, to help us get the most enjoyment out of our walk with Christ, to help us not end up in those periods when you're lost. These things were left for us as examples, little ribbons around those trees just to help. And it's very simple. But how come things are so simple sometimes can be so difficult? Because if I look back on it, I think it was very simple to keep my eye on those ribbons. Very simple thing. But yeah, it was so difficult because I was distracted by all the beauty that I saw, certainly. But I was also uh, just distracted by a, a number of things. But turn to your Bible. I hope you have them. In Acts 2, chapter 40, I'm sorry, Acts 2, verses 42 through about 47. Now watch this. And this is so simple, but I think it's so succinct and so practical. Watch. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So they're they're listening. They, they want to be there. You know, a lot of times you have to beg people to come to church now, babe. 
Right. You have to beg people right. to come to group. You have to beg people to come to Bible study. But I've been in other countries where, you know, they'll walk five miles because they're devoted to the apostles' teaching. Now, I'm no apostle and very no apostle. And I think an apo the apostolic, uh, apostolic age is gone. That was a different time. But we still have teachers and we have preachers and we have evangelists and, and Bible teachers. But these guys were devoted to their teaching. In other words, they studied it. They listened to it. They listened to the people that had gone, how about this, on the motorcycle trip before them. And when they said, keep your eye on this or don't, don't do there, don't do that, they did it. So they devoted to their teaching. And watch this, and to the fellowship. You know, we're hitting that time, and they're, they're encouraging whoever they are. I always wonder, who the heck are they? But the people that would be opposed to us continuing to gather. Um, but these, these early disciples in the first church, they were devoted to the teaching of the apostles, and they were also devoted to fellowship. They were always hanging out together, eating bread, going to each other's house, and maybe they were shooting around a golf. I don't know what they did back then. But you can bet, Barry, not only were they devoted to the teaching, but they were really enjoying one another and having fun with one another and inviting people over to, to have dinners and barbecues yeah. and all of these things. So they did that. Two things, two little orange ribbons, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. Now, you know, it's cool because Rich and Ed have taken over the um, the Lord's Supper at the church, and we're doing it every four weeks regularly because we're devoted to it. And there have been times in the past we didn't give it proper reverence, not because we didn't believe in it. It's because we just got distracted with other things. But now we are devoted not only to the teaching of the apostles and teaching of the, the, of the, of the word of God. We're also devoted to getting together and hanging out together and actually enjoying one another. And the Bible's pretty clear about when one part of the body is hurting, all of the body hurts. And not only that, we share in all of our burdens. It's so much easier um, getting through life this way. And, of course, the Lord's Supper. You know, when if you look in John chapter 6 and 66, and 66, uh, Jesus said, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. And a lot of people left Jesus at the time. They're going, man, this is weird, dude. But he's talking about um, being one with Jesus. He's talking about, and, of course, they took it literal. But we're also, this. the early church was devoted to that. We get together, we, we talk about what the, uh, the, the broken body meant and, we, and what it was, and we celebrated it by doing communion and breaking that bread and was broken. This body was broken for you. And, and this when you drink this cup, it's, it, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's meant to be for the shed blood that was shed for you and me. So they listened to the teaching. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They, they, did, they shared uh, intimate time together. They shared communion with one another. And finally, they prayed together to prayer. Not only did they pray together, but they prayed individually. And sometimes you, you, if you get down on yourselves like I do, it's like, man, I wish I could pray more. But the funny thing is you pray throughout the day. You pray all day. Paul says pray without ceasing. A lot of times you can just pray on your way to work. Maybe just say, thank you, Jesus, for the job I have. Thank yeah. you for the car that I have. Thank you, Jesus, for the life that I have. Thank you for the, the means to pay my bills. Thank you for an awesome wife, awesome uh, friends, awesome church family. I mean, you could just be endless praying to Jesus and praising him. Um, 
just thinking of the good things. Thank you for the next air, the air that I breathe. Thank you that I'm on this side of the grass this morning. Thank you that I have one more breath to share to point other people to you, Jesus. I mean, you could go on and you could get a lot of things right if you could get two things right just by saying, I'm trusting you, Jesus, and I'm thanking you. Trust you and I'm thanking you because you know what? At the end of the day, that's really all we have. Nobody gets out of this thing alive. The mortality rate is 100%. You will die. The question is, will you die in faith? And I see so many people wandering from the faith, but I wonder if we did all these things, if we devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and in prayer, I guess you do these things in increasing measure and you'll never fall away. Yep. You know, the Bible's really clear about that. But I see so many people, man, they, they get on a roll, they come a couple times and they fade out and then they come back and then, and then they, you know, they say they're going to be at a Bible study and they don't come. And, and then, you know, I, at the end of the day, and then we get, uh, you're, I'm really struggling. Well, really? I really, no kidding. You feel like I did when I was on that little motorcycle thing, when I wasn't paying attention to my instructor, or I thought right. I knew more than Mr. Mr. Madison did. I thought I knew more. I thought he was trying to run my life and all this when I was riding that little bike and I ended up in this place. I was lost. I think the same thing happens metaphorically in our walk with Christ. God has brought people into your life that maybe know a little bit more. I know I have people in my life, Barry, that know a lot more than me, oh, and I love having coffee with them and, and, and gleaming a little uh, wit, uh, wisdom from them right. on the word. And I have people that I'm locking arms with. We're walking together, and I got people that are behind me. And I, that's the fellowship of the brethren. And when we have all of that, I think it's a well balanced life. But I'm pretty easy to find on Saturday nights. Yeah, you know where I'll be. You know where I'll be. On Wednesdays, you know where I'll be. Friday mornings, for the most part, you know where I'll be. Uh, on all these other things that we do, I am devoted to that because I've lived on both sides of defense and I've been lost and I've been found. And I've been on the path and off the path. And I know it's just a lot easier right now just to stay on course, just to keep your eye on the little ribbons and recognized in short order, order when you find yourself off, it's a choice. Do you want to keep going in, in your lost way or you want to figure out where you got off path and back it up a little bit? Just back it up. It's pretty easy to find. And guess what? You can pray. It says pray devoted to prayer and say, Jesus, where did I get off path? Where, 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 where did I get off? Right. I, oh, it was there. Okay. Yeah. That, I skipped that night. And I didn't do that. And, and I made a choice not to do that. You know, I, I'm a true believer in choices. A lot of the things, a lot of the troubles that we find ourselves in, it's a choice and you can find it. You can narrow it back and go, there it is. Then you find it and say, okay, Lord, I repent of that. I'm sorry. And then you reset and continue on. And while you continue on, you go back to, Listening to the apostles have gone before you, getting into the word of God. You hear it in some of these things. People say, you guys just preached about that last time when you're still lost. So you well, must there's not a be reason listening. why. You know, <laughs> there's a reason this why. is pretty simple stuff. So, uh, you know what? I'm going to have some food. But here's another thing. This deal right here, this Sunday morning uh, bike show uh, or a car show, bike show, it's more about it's not necessarily about bikes, motorcycles, and trucks, Barry. This is about putting people in a position to hear the truth. Right. The truth that Jesus came to seek anybody that will call on his name, and all that call on the name of Jesus will be saved. Yeah. We're also, doggone it, we're going to have a heck of a good time because we're going to have a cool rock and roll band. We're going to have food. So, yeah, we're going to yeah. be enjoying the day. Amen? Amen. Because God gave us all these things to enjoy. Yeah. And there's no problem with having things that enjoy as long as the things that you're enjoying don't grab you. That's right. So we're going to have a blast. So bring some friends to uh, May 2nd. I'm going to flip this around, let Barry land the plane, and I'm going to go have some food.
Yeah, you do, Barry. Come on, let them have it. <laughs> well, there's nothing like good old-fashioned experience, right? That's kind of like you said earlier when Rick was was uh, sharing his experience with, with the path. I mean, you basically have to trust your instructor. We trust Jesus that he's going to lead you down the right path. And if you're off the path, like you said before, you hear us say it all the time. It's a lot easier to come back than you think it is. When you realize that you're off the path, just come back. It's that easy. You can sit there and try to figure it out. What, what, how, do I, how do I get back? How do I get back? It's up to you. Just get back to doing what you were doing, your first love. When you found Jesus, do the things that you were doing, and, and it's going to be a course correction. Because it will. When you follow Jesus and you trust Jesus, you're going to be okay. But when you take your eye off, hmm. you end up out in no man's land. It's a, it's a guarantee. Just like the rubble strips on the highway and all the, all, all the metaphors that we use, it's the same way with your walk with God. So keep keep your eye on the prize. That's all. Let me, uh, let me, I want to finish up with this too. And sometimes we've heard the thing where, you know, where you're encouraging a brother or a sister in the Lord and you recognize because you've been doing it for a while, you've been, and you recognize they're beginning to veer off and you say, Hey man, keep your eye. Oh, I got this. Trust me. I got this. You just keep your eye on your own deal. I got this Well, You do really all that you can do at that point. Okay. Let them go. Let them go and pray and be out there and be ready to take the call when they go, I'm off the track. I don't know how to get back. It'll happen. So don't be hating on them. Don't be judging them, but just be there to be uh, ready to field that call when they call and say, I need some help. I want to come back. And you can go, cool. And then guess what? One day they'll be able to say another person coming up behind them. They'll be ready to field that call. Yep, right. That's right. Love you guys. Yep. Have a great, uh, a great day. We're going to get out of here and maybe go enjoy the rest of the day. We're off, Barry. Have a great day, guys. Love you. Make sure to share if you don't mind, please. See ya.